0: Welcome back, everybody, for a second attempt at this. Devin, I'm not even going to say that the first attempt on this glorious episode of the Be Better uh, podcast, which is uh, our special Kona wrap-up edition, um, didn't just go sideways by us talking like for 20 minutes, and I forgot to push record. Well, Chris,
1: as a professional coach, you know the value of a good warm-up, and to get the podcast going... You had us warm up for the past six minutes talking to one another with no recording.
0: Oh, and for and, and the only person that is going to have any recollection of this is Soda, who is uh, once again just cuddled right up to you,
1: very cozy here on the couch. I know.
0: So welcome back, everybody, to the Be Better Podcast. We are once again at the World K or the Final K World Headquarters. Um, it did snow here in Minnesota today. Um, which uh, made me try to think uh, what my options were going to be moving forward. But, Devin, looking at the socials today, Um, I have a new option available to me if I do not want to shovel my sidewalk this year.
1: You certainly do, Chris. Let me tell you a little bit more about what you can do to change your circumstances in life. Please expand on this. Devin Palmer, Remax Results, MSP Moves. We are proud to launch a snow removal service with permanent effect. Hmm? I know. You've never heard of it before. This is a new service, a new product on the market that's going to blow your socks off. Here's what we do. Okay, Chris? Tell tell me. Step one, I come to your house. Step two, I list your house and sell your house. Step three, you move to Scottsdale, Arizona. Snow is out of your life forever.
0: What if I move to Grand Rapids, Minnesota?
1: It's a... Has the
0: problem been solved for this house?
1: This house, the snow at this home will no longer be your care or consideration. <laughs> so, anyone looking to escape the snow, you go on ahead. You give Devin Palmer a call. We'll wrap that snow situation up for you forever. Arizona, Florida, California, wherever you want to be, you name it, we'll get you out of the snow.
0: All right. Well, then, then that is. I think that is a a, a great solution, and um, and I will write that down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and pencil, pencil <laughs> that in.
1: Well, Chris. How painful for you? You're just coming off your VIP experience in Kona, Hawaii, mm-hmm. and now it's Minnesota again.
0: It's kicking the knackers, dude. Yep. Kicking the knackers. I mean, it is. Uh, yeah, my 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 suntan is uh, fading fast. Fading very fast. And I'm not going to go to like you know like bronze tan or you know anything like that to sit in a tanning booth like we did back in the 90s. Did you ever go in a tanning booth when you were? I did not. Well, first of all, in the 90s, you were like in high school still, right? In the 90s, when I was did like... you graduate high school? 2005. Oh, my gosh. You were like a... Ju- you weren't even... No. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, never mind. Yep. I just totally dated myself there. Yep. 2005, you graduated high school? hmm Yeah, you had just turned 38 that year. Wow. I had been a regular grown-up with kids for a long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember those days. Mm-hmm. Your hair was glorious back then. Oh, yeah. You were like a fraggle. You were like yep. Peter Hansen. Not that anybody said. listening to this probably remembers who Peter Hansen was. But Dr. Peter Hansen. Dr. Peter Hansen best athletic doctor that never worked. Well, Chris, <laughs> as much as the
1: listener wants to hear about Dr. Peter Hansen, they don't at all. Why don't you give us a little bit of a breakdown? Yes. Your experiences in Kona, Hawaii.
0: So, a big thing this year was it was 2 days. Yep. 2 days and number one, I think for me from a uh, consumer experience for me, I was um I, I wasn't disappointed. It was nice because it was a little less congested. Um, coffee boat ran out of coffee which is kind of like that was a terrible thing um not going to go into the hateful speech that i had in our first rant about iron man taking that coffee boat over and then not planning appropriately but that's did happen
1: sounds um, like they really took an important experience away from you and you had paid how much to experience that coffee um, oh. zero that's okay. right yeah and then oh, yeah, okay. i also didn't
0: experience yeah i, I just hey I, it was what it was, was your entry fee there again it was a lot okay yeah. and you
1: paid what for your vip pass it's priceless uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so when you say from a consumer standpoint you don't mean like you're a paying consumer it means like you're a guy who's there yeah
0: it's like me going to Costco and just hitting all the samples, and then complaining about yep. how small those portions are. I
1: think that's what we're all hearing.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of the the riff that I'm throwing out here. So, um, but it, you know, the the uh, the water was nice. The the waves were were higher this year than I had um, had remembered. A lot more uh, coming over the, the uh, splash walls. So mm-hmm. I think from an athlete standpoint, they were dealing with that. Um, the thing that I think will be uh, if they do take it forward, it's going to have to be looked at. Is if you are racing on that second day, you really have to think about when you're going to be coming to the island and how you are going to be limiting athletes or approaching the viewing of the fr- the Thursday race if you are a Saturday racer, because yep. the people that were going out and basically spending all of their emotional dollars, all of their physical and 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 you know hydration dollars to to on, on, on a race that didn't matter to them, but they were but they were excited about it, that had to, Play a toll on Saturday. Now, the one thing that I did think was super cool about that was on on Thursday, all of the pro men who raced Saturday manned an aid station.
1: That's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: yeah. So that was like it's like they had an act of solidarity. They supported the women, which I thought was super super awesome. I didn't see the ladies do that on Friday. I didn't hear about that. It could have happened. Not saying it didn't happen, but yep. I thought it was super cool that, that all the guys did that because one of my athletes erica had talked about how she was on the run and she grabbed a water and she looked up and it was jan for and she's like <laughs> and she's like oh shit <laughs> i didn't swear a bear, by the way i said oh shit so and, and, jan Ferdano. Uh, yeah and, and so, so tall so handsome i know it's so so hydrating uh and so <laughs> so i thought that was a really cool piece um i think that um it's probably more people than they need to have at the race yep. to keep it a World Championships. I think that it is. Um, if we start to put too many people into that venue, it marginalizes how special it is. And I, it's a small town. It's a very small town. So we had to stay about forty-five minutes south. So you think about you um, were
1: forty-five minutes out of town.
0: Yeah, we were down, down south of Captain Cook. It was. A, it's a long drive. Yep. And it's up and down and all around. Um, so I, uh, I I don't know that I would that I that I would want to have it be two days. I thought that they pulled it off pretty well. Yep, uh, Everything was pretty seamless. I didn't see any hiccups in services or in, in the races at all. Um, it was pretty consistent.
1: Because if you botch it, for the race experience for the athletes, if you botch it on a hot, isolated environment like that, people yeah. are in real distress. It's, it is. It's no bueno.
0: So never heard anything about running out of yep. water. The aid stations, even when I was leaving Saturday to go to the airport, which was like at uh, like at 745 saw the eight stations on the run very stacked. Um, they were all lit up. The cool thing was that Hoka had actually put out these big lit um, air cones like uh, like those kind of wavy guys mm-hmm. that, that advertise for uh, used car dealerships. Hoka had those and they were lit internally. Oh, cool! So there were like big torches that were marking all the mile markers. So it was it was pretty cool from a branding standpoint. Hoka did a really good job there with that. Um, I did like those things, and from a, um, as a from a race director standpoint, I like to see some of those those kind of like marketing details, yeah. like that, that kind of create that athlete experience to to bring it up to that next level. Things you don't normally see.
1: What do you? What was your take? So two days, double their expenses. You th- do you You th- i mean it's it's iron man so they their client pays a premium and they they fill out the event what do you think their books look like after having to host for two days
0: well i think they probably were i, I think the books for iron man probably sat as it were for a instead of being double i think it'd probably be one and a half okay um, cuz like you said there is a lot that to be done i was thinking now you have to staff and get volunteers for twice the amount of time yep. um if you're an athlete you're staying for a longer period of time um the airport they had to manage the the road closures a little differently so you were actually able to go north on the queen k out of town once the once kind of like once the last biker left transition on t2 okay. um so cuz everybody's on on the one side going up to the airport so for, from uh, I think from a impact to town standpoint, I think they modif- they punted and, and pivoted pretty well. There was a little bit of change going into the energy lab. You actually went up to the next exit uh, north of where the energy lab entrance was, came back, went down, made a little uh, little nipple in towards that exit again, and then went back the way you came in. So that was, I think, a good piece. You no longer ran north on the Queen K and then crossed over the median. You were, everything was on the southbound lane so i thought that from from a standpoint of of that that it really did work out well
1: because it to to do the right thing there and to make a few small changes on their end to make it more usable for the town because shutting downtown completely for two full days is a different
0: ah. ask
1: of the locals
0: oh totally it yeah. is it, it, there's a there is and and you you always hear about like okay this is going to be you know kona's on its last legs because yep. they don't want them there um the the I mean the financial impact that the, that they have with the race is huge. It's you you can't underestimate how much this the, they grow. And Hawaii was pretty isolated during during the pandemic, so I think it was a really nice shot in the arm financially for them. Yeah. And I thought the I didn't see any like you know stupid work that the um, that the athletes were doing or stupid like incidents. Everybody was pretty. Um, I, I think they were pretty cordial. Yep. And and there's always this um. Um, this sense of family and giving back to the island and, and that the island and, and so in the presentation, they talked about how the island spirits were were ready to have us back. They were welcoming us. And so um, and that, that's that's really, um, uh, that's, I think that's really that's 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 a really good idea. And then the, the uh, this year, the motto was um, Tulike, T-U-L-I-K-E, like two words, T-U and then L-I-K-E. And that means we're, we, we stand together, mm. which is a really cool thing. I mean, yep. it's, it's a, it's a, I mean, they've all oh, like, you, you gotta just like be like, I think f- just so jealous of the Hawaiian culture, how rich that Polynesian culture is and the language. And, and it just, it, it's a, it's a really fun place to, to kind of immerse yourself into. So I thought it was a, it was a great experience from that side. Um, the two races were, you know, from an athlete standpoint, were, were, decent but if it if they do pitch it to be again uh, as, as a double as a split then you know we have to try and think about how we're going to manage those expectations as an athlete and also training because you kind of take a whole day of training because you yeah. wouldn't have if you're racing on saturday thursday is a pretty big day for you where you want to be doing some course exploration and you got nothing so we had to kind of be thinking about how we're going to do that so i felt i felt very fortunate to have all of my athletes racing on thursday get it done and they can relax absolutely how was the dynamic did you see any
1: effect on the respective fields like was it better for the professional women not to have men uh interfering in the mix on the bike in their race or what were the dynamics out there
0: i think it made it a pure race you know a more pure race and it was it i what i liked was that normally the coverage in the women's race is so marginalized yep um, that they, and, and, and you know, so and that's this, been an issue for a long time and yep. forever. Yep. Right. Um, and then, so I thought that, that it was nice to not have that be an issue. Hopefully that is the same going forward. Now it helped that the race was, you know, a mind blowingly like, energetic race that had you know huge drama baked in on at all super competitive and super competitive and and, and nobody predicted this result um that helped a lot with that uh so that 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 made it a really uh, a really substantial thing was interesting seeing how um how the men that raced you know kind of like played into the, the event. I didn't see them having any negative impact that, you know, the two age groups that were in there having any negative impact on the age groupers as well. The athletes that I had racing made no mention of that. Um, it was, uh, you know, it, it it was, it was decent. They, they pulled it off. Well, I mean, kudos to Ironman for making it, making it look good, making it, making it operate well. And in, in making it, you know, a really good women's race that didn't go, oh, there's every, all the women are racing, but let's just focus on these little, you know, these little groups of men yeah. or that they came out and were disrespectful. Everybody was, was spot on. And then, you know, the men's race was again, another great, you know, super competitive event. Um, wind was low and that really kind of shown in the, in the overall times. Cause um, here's the other interesting dynamic Thursday. They had very
1: normal Hawaii conditions, windy did. and hot. Saturday those those guys had a fast day
0: they did and it was and we'll talk about the men's and, and yeah. women's profile actually let's talk about the, the female's profile first
1: let's start now let's, let's, were we right or were we wrong Chris with our predictions
0: I would just say we were we were not as accurate as we could have been.
1: We're here to eat crow.
0: Exactly, and not the out. egg is on our face. It's totally, and I'm wiping it off. I'm, I'm wiping it off my my cheek right now. It was, um, you know, we had predicted that Daniela Reef was going to walk away with this, and it was her race to lose. Easy peasy. Yep, and you know, coming out of the swim, she had a perspic- per- prescriptive swim. She made the move on the bike. Coming off the bike was, you know, she came in first, and we thought, okay, boom. And the things that came out of the commentators' uh, mouth after coming off the bike were, "We're going to see an iron war" because I believe she came off the bike second, and Lucy, uh, um, Lucy oh, Lucy still, uh, still had the lead. Yeah, Lucy had came off second. Okay, um, Lucy Charles Barkley. Yep.
1: Who we did mention?
0: We did mention Sir Charles. Um, she they came off the bike kind of almost one two, and they came out of they they were talking about, oh, are we going to see a female iron war? I mean, okay, give it up first of all. It happened in '89. I get it was there. Iron War. Also, I had breakfast with okay. Side, total complete sidebar. Okay. Had so we were eating breakfast at Big Kahuna, which is where the where the VIP breakfasts were. VIP breakfast. No big deal. No big deal. Just, you only had to have a VIP breakfast. You know that that bracelets only didn't cost you anything. It was great. Uh, the, the 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 French toast was amazing. Um, we sat at the table next to the broadcast booth. So I'm sitting there like right next to right next to Greg Welch, mm-hmm. and then um, and then Dave Scott and Mark Allen were doing the commentary. Oh, gosh. And so it's the three of them, and and I'm like, oh, okay, and I'm like, okay, how many world champions do we see here? Da, 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 da. And so when they were done and they took a break, Dave Scott came by and I'm like, hey, Dave, I just wanted to uh, say thanks and just share a little story. Um, when I talk about coaching to other coaches when I teach, I I give the the usefulness of public shaming. And I tell the story about when I went to uh, when I when I was coached by Jared Berg and I went out and, and swam at the Flatlands or, or Flatiron um, Athletic Club out in Boulder. That we I swam in the I swam the afternoon masters that Dave Scott puts on. So I went to pool. Simon Lessing, a bunch of other pros at the time were in the pool. I'm like, whoa, I'm in total awe. And at that point, I swam with a pole buoy all the time. Mm-hmm. And so you know, Dave, you walk in. Dave has no idea who you are. He asks you your name. And i like, hey, my name's Chris. And I'm like, okay. He's like, okay. And so what he does is he doesn't write anything down on a board. He sets you out. Everybody comes back to the wall. Tells us what we're gonna do. Everybody goes, comes back to the wall. Tells what we do. So we do the warm up. We come back. Dave's like you know walking up and down the you know the deck, telling everybody what to do. And you're like, oh freak, this is Dave freaking Scott. He's Dave, a Scott. man. Oh my God. He's a man. I, I got oh wall. man, I got this guy's poster on my wall. And in the middle of his rant of what we're gonna do next, he goes. He points to me. Turns and points to me. He goes and Chris. Lose the pole buoy. This isn't wreck swim. <laughs> Literally died a thousand deaths right there. Pulled it out, put it on the deck, and just like kind of just sheepishly, I went right into the drain, like right there. Mm. And so I told Dave about this, and he laughed, and he goes, "Yeah, I." He's like, "It did it work?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Yeah, you know." And then he went into some diatribe about how you could move your pull buoy down to your ankles. I'm like, well, I'm like, no, no, no. What you don't get is the public shaming aspect of this, and how I've told so this story so many times to so many people, and I love it. And he and we we so we talked about that for a little bit, and I was like, came full circle on that full story.
1: Chris, so your experience meeting Dave Scott, he shamed you, okay. My he, experience meeting Dave Scott when I met him in 2015 at Iron Man Texas. I gave him a bag of peace coffee, and we took a nice picture together.
0: Oh, look at you. Self-promotion. So we, have,
1: we just have a different relationship with Dave.
0: We did. I mean, you know, so the first time I met Dave Scott was when I was uh, volunteering at the Lifetime Fitness Triathlon back when it was here. Mm-hmm. And when they had the big pro race, he was coaching Chris McCormick.
1: Oh. And that was
0: the year Macca's seat post broke, and he came in, and he didn't finish the race. And it was raining so bad that year that Macca was standing with a disc wheel over his head as an umbrella.
1: Chris, okay. First of all, when Chris McCormick Maca has a mechanical, I'm winking at Chris. I'm doing quote air quotes air quotes. Yeah, it's because he doesn't want to finish the race because he might not win.
0: And I'm taking like and I'm, and I'm saying you can. Dave Scott this. coached him.
1: Yeah, Dave Scott. Maca doesn't him. seem like a guy who listens to a coach. No, he doesn't. And you. Okay, we're you can, getting, getting we're way we're off, well off track.
0: Yeah. Okay. So um so the women's race. So as you when when um. Uh, when Daniela started baiting back everybody started going well what's going on and then immediately people saw Chelsea Chelsea uh, Sedaro Sedaro American first Ironman champ slash mom she was 18 yeah she had a baby 18 months prior she had her did her first triathlon in in 2017
1: first triathlon
0: first triathlon so this is kind of like a la Gwen Jorgensen Mm -hmm. Um, and and she's a rookie at Ironman yeah yeah. Yeah, Wait, yeah.
1: Full on? Mm-hmm. She was first rookie to win. So she qualified did she qualify off as of three? Through, through
0: the halves, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so no one had her. But what she did, because she was bib twenty four, so she was far down the line. Yep. Um, so you know, most people write off Americans and they didn't have her, but she was a four time All American cross country runner at UC Berkeley. There it is. So there it was. And she started running and everybody is doing the same thing I was doing at the time, Googling who the heck is Chelsea Zodaro. <laughs> and you got to, in like, that's what it was. Unless you knew ITU racing, which she raced a couple ITU races. She won one ITU race. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty much it.
1: So she doesn't have this big resume, not a big name. and no. here Because she ran a 251, you said, right? Yeah,
0: she ran a 251. She was an unbelievable run.
1: Okay, so think back 10 years ago when Chrissy, 2011, Chrissy and Miranda Carefree had an amazing duel. Uh, Chrissy was a head off the bike, and they both ran sub three. I forget their exact splits, but it was like sub three. Was an astronomical bar in the women's pro field then. And here we've moved from like, oh, I broke three to they're going to, you know, within a few years, they're going to go sub 250.
0: Oh, it it, it remember the men's race when nobody ever broke eight hours in Kona.
1: Yeah. You (laughs) know, and now look at it.
0: Um, And we'll talk about that in a second. But here, so we we could mash out what everybody else is going to talk about. But I'm going to tell you the takeaway that I got that I I got from the race being there firsthand Um, Heather Jackson. Yep. Okay. American sweetheart. She gives, 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 gives. gives I mean, this lady has never done a bad thing in her life. She has done all these different promotional things for people. She will stop and shake your hand and sign your back. If you ask her, um, you know, her and Sean Waddy are, are, I have arguably contributed to the age group development of triathlon exponentially with Waddy Inc. And you know how he got kind of gypped out of his brand as a, you know, kind of a Von Dutch type of story that we can go into at a later day. Um, nobody cheered for her really yeah it was like hey that's heather jackson like let's cheer for heather jackson
1: because she's been a she's been racing at this level since before you know oh. since my, my since day. you were in high school yeah,
0: yeah. And, and and looking back she i'm trying to see where she where she finished um you know it wasn't terrible but it, you know she finished 16th so she was uh 16th out of 50 is still yeah so she yeah. was she was um she was three uh where was she? She finished in um, her overall time was 922. So, I mean, hey, I'll take a 922 any day. I bet you would. I know I would. Um, but the the thing was that nobody cheered for her. That's a little weird. I know. And this is where it's like, I think people are scared to cheer for Americans sometimes because you see like the Spanish out there, you see the Brits and everybody's like, you know, the Aussies, Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. So when Chelsea ran by on the run, and we were watching her, because we did not watch the finish, mm-hmm. I was waiting for for my athlete Erica to come by, my first athlete to come by. Um, when Chelsea came by, I started to chant on on um, right off of Polani. I started chanting USA. I'm like USA, USA. Like it was like the Miracle on Ice, right? And everybody started chanting it. I was like, yes, I totally started a USA chant, and I thought that was pretty cool. And it's something we don't and know. You fueled,
1: hey, and you fueled her on to a 251 victorious race.
0: I feel like if I hadn't have done that, that something could have happened. Yeah. She could have fell. She could have said, you know what? And <laughs> she could like, have fallen down if it weren't for you. We've seen women that have been within 500 meters of the win in first place fall down and crawl and not take the win. Right? I mean, we've seen that happen in the past. And that was, you know, Pauline B. Frazier. The year Karen Smyers won. Pauline B. Frazier fell... And dropped to her knees and started crawling 500 meters out, and then, um, and then she was passed. Well, I, Karen Smyers, have you right received a thank you note
1: yet from Chelsea? I, you know, I'm giving her a little bit of time. Okay, okay.
0: I'm hoping that USAT just acknowledges it because she seems to be a big player there. But so the the race beyond her did play out like with Lucy Charles in second. Yep. I mean, the we consummate. At least thank bride-
1: goodness, in our prediction episode, oh. we mentioned Lucy. Thank goodness.
0: I know, and she's the consummate bridesmaid. You know she's won second like so many times. I'm just hoping because she's got
1: that phenomenal swim, strong on the bike. She does. If she's just, she's not vulnerable on the run. But if someone pulls out a 251, someone can overtake her on the run.
0: She does, and, yeah. but she had a solid race across the board. Yeah. Um, and if it wasn't for you know this like, and you have to be thinking she's going, who's this chick passing me, and okay. why God. now? This is my but... time. My time. I was, time. <laughs> I was winning this. Thing. I know. Damn it. Um, Anne Haug, third, so mm-hmm. you know I, I predicted that another another post ITU Olympic distance athlete. That...
1: Anne Haug has one title to her name prior, correct?
0: Yeah, well, she's been, she was very successful in the Olympics yep. and in, uh, in ITU, so she was top German female for a long time.
1: And she's but her her path to victory is on the run too.
0: Yeah, it yep. definitely is, and that, and I think that's where a lot of those those come from. So I think you know you, you scroll down. Uh, Daniela ended up finishing eighth. She faded way back. I did not see our girl, um, Sarah True, finish. Really? Okay. Yeah, I think she probably pulled it, and because she she wasn't listed in the top 32 on the results either, so. Um, I, you know, I'm, it's, that's, that's sad to say.
1: So that's pro women. You had three athletes race that day. Everyone, everyone do okay.
0: Yeah. So Erica ran really well. Yep. She, the first athlete that I've had in a long time that like, you could actually say the plan that we put down were the numbers that she put it. And so she swam, I would say she could have swam a little better. Uh, her bike was within five watts of what we what, our, what we had planned it to be. Pretty um, precise. Pretty precise. She rode pretty conservatively up to Javi and then lit it up on the way back. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the run, she started off in a hundred and fifth place and ran up to eighty first. Nice. And so with her boyfriend, who is a uh, major league professional pitcher, uh, B.J. Uh, um, Snellman or DJ Snellman, pitches for the Yankees. B or D, whichever. Yeah, Snellman. Uh, He was a nice guy. He's injured, so he's not actively pitching right now in the playoffs. But I told him, I said, when you watch this, don't watch anything but watch her overall placement and watch her move up. And Mm -hmm. so, and they've always said that that's a big thing. Moving up in the run is a huge mental mental Oh, the momentum
1: of moving forward versus sliding back. For sure. Because... certainly in my day I was more prone to be moving back on the run you know like a Brian Bish might be catching
0: oh yeah it's like it's, oh you're fading um Corey Wilkie had a had a really solid swim and yep. a good bike um she had a little bit of uh, stomach discomfort and so when I saw her coming out of t2 she was wiping a little something off her mouth which turned out to be throw up yep and um so I told her I gave her a little prescription and then when she came back r- running uh to run up uh, Polani to go out I said how you doing she goes she looks at me and she goes not well Chris not well Did she? did she <laughs> Get a USA chant. <laughs> she did not get a USA chant because she was too too worried. Uh, but uh, but Corey ended up finishing really uh, strongly. She had just a, a she had a thirteen thirty, very respectable finish. Um, randon O'Connor had a, a difficult day. She um, she tried to clip out as she was turning around in Javi Ooh. and could not and ended up falling on her elbow, which kind of threw her off her game. Yep. She came in, um, it, you know, the, the made it made the, the the ride back a little bit more difficult because of the injury. She came in she. It was just, I think it just kind of rattled her cage a bit and then um then the last thing was that she fell early on the run so okay so yeah. she had two two points of difficulty yeah two points of yeah. difficulty um let's talk but about she, the she finished she uh, no she did not finish oh, okay. yeah, okay. That was the hard part yep. um let's talk about the men here um so hey,
1: we were very 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 wrong on the women and boy howdy were we right about the men
0: i know the, the norwegians were good uh, gustav eden what a run by him
1: 230
0: six unbelievable pardon issues. me sir yeah I know he so his race he went 740 740 I can remember <laughs> when eight was not even achievable by was, men and he went 740. the, the you eight,
1: eight used to be the four minute mile I was like oh my gosh what a barrier so
0: you the to, the top ten guys popped eight the top wild. ten guys the top four guys broke the course record so and, wild Chris oh and and Sam Ludlow Set the course bike record with 40- 40- 404, 404 I think. on the new head wheel. Oh, the guy! <laughs> I, I ran Only it
1: in back. He ran it and back. So you have to. I have to give credit where it's due.
0: Okay, it seems yep. to be a fast wheel. Ran it and back. It's basically as 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 close to a, a disc as you can get. And yep. I was somebody had had told me. Oh, so it's just basically had just remade. You know the the the, the zip eight or uh, ten eighty. Yep. Um, And I was like, I'm like, no, it's It's way, it's way way deeper. deeper. And it's, and it's not. And I I think for the, from the the layperson, if you think about the change in how to dish a wheel, like it's easy if you go all the way into a disc because then you got solid, but you don't have a solid state. You have to be able to think about how you're going to be able to dish that wheel and and, and, and make it work you know, physiologically. In, 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 in. And
1: that guy rode a guy, again, similar to Cidaro, It's a guy, it's a name we don't know. I know. And here he rides, not only does he ride 404, because we've seen plenty of guys crush the bike split and then fade. And then not is a name where it's like, he set the bike course record years ago, faded only to second. So he's still, uh, and and Cimbale also once yeah. you know, set the bike course. So it's like the big bike guys of my day that I remember from 10, 15 years ago. They were riding in the teens, in the high teens. Yeah. So, like, I think Chris Leito was like a 418-ish, and so it's been cut down, cut down, cut down from there. So here, the front pack, the the pack guys are riding 411. The Norwegian boys rode 411 so and then fast. ran sub 240.
0: It's the new thing. It's a new. You got to be and Norwegian. And to be,
1: to be the bike split guy now, you're sub 410 and you, 404 is just. So to think of Chris Leito, who was the man on the bike back in the day, and now it's we go from 418 to 404 the level of talent is off the charts. And then just to see guys who are, Andy Potts might do a 48 swim. These Norwegian boys did 48 swims. Yep. You know, sub 50. That used to be the breakaway speed of one phenomenal swimmer. And now, now that's the new standard. It is. And then the the group is riding around 410, sub 415. And then you're running sub 240. Because Crowy in his day, he set the record in 2011. Yep. You know, that was like the zenith. And, you know, probably what, low 50s in the swim, 420s on the bike, and then he could run very close to 240. So, like, that was the standard, and that was just over eight hours. Yep.
0: And, and, and how it's changed. You're a
1: decade later, it's so wild.
0: So, to put, in, to put a number that, uh, so some people can't relate to, like, doing the math to the yep. 404, that is a 27.59 mile an hour average.
1: Do you think he was averaging? You know, now, now,
0: put that. You you put that down on paper, and I want to see most age groupers get that average in a sprint race.
1: Well, we we have the results. We know the results are in. Almost no one can do it. Nobody can. I yeah.
0: want to. I'm waiting to see the power. The power meter. output yeah. on It's got to be mid threes, maybe three sixty. Oh, I'm think? gonna say. I'm gonna put three seventy two. To think of averaging—that's so wild to average. That's and crazy.
1: Because it's one thing to do that. And then have a throwaway run, just finish. But to do that and still, he kept second place. He held off one of the Norwegian superstars.
0: I know. Then that was. And that it was, was a just, Norwegian sandwich on the podium. It was a Norwegian sandwich. And by the way, um, they they did have a little bit of, of uh, public shaming because Gustavs uh, shamed um, Blumfeld and said, hey, uh, you should have taken second. He actually said that in the finish <laughs> shoot while Mike Riley was He was like, "Oh, and, uh, and and Christian, you should have taken second. Like, you need to be you need to be better." I wonder what the dynamic is between those guys because they, like, tra- with- they train together all the time. Okay, they're training buddies, and so okay. they, so for them to kind of give a little bit of jibe was was really cool. But with Sam Ludlow coming in and breaking the course record, the whole question was, is he going to be able to finish? Because if he doesn't finish the race, the course record is doesn't not stand. registered. Yep. And so Annie's like, "Okay, hope oh, please 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 don't drop <laughs> out. Please don't drop out." And with with him holding on and being so strong, and he didn't get past until just the very, very, very end. But if you watched Gustav when he passes him, does like the totally belittles, like pats him on the shoulder, like "Hey man, good job, <laughs> way to take second. and and he just he just keeps on clipping and two thirty six. That's just unbelievable. Two thirty six fifteen.
1: The talent level, it's it's fun to see. I mean, any sport progresses, and it's because when you would talk about the sport, Chris, you always talked about the Tim DeBoom, Boom, Tim tim reed era or what's his mm-hmm. name peter tim,
0: reed peter reed tim Naboom. so you were an early
1: 2000s guy that's where you still live you're a gen x guy me I'm my st- clothes
0: and my haircut reflect that
1: i'm stuck in uh <laughs> i'm stuck in the 08 to 2012 era with your, your with clothes Crowley, and your haircut reflect that too Crowy and maca that's where my mind lives and then here this new generation these guys are crazy that is th- that next level it's so fun
0: so the the run pace on that 554 yeah.
1: sub sixes
0: sub sixes how many people are running sub six again? Sprint race. Yep. I'm telling you, I want to see age groupers in a sprint race do the pace of these guys that are ri- winning. It's unbelievable. Like it, it blows my mind that top yep. four guys broke the course record.
1: Well, it feels like so mature sports. Like you look at marathoning. You look at Yuli Kapchogi running two o one o nine at Berlin this year for a new world record in the marathon. You look at how mature that sport is. So many elite athletes have been pursuing the standard for so long. It's inc- you know it's like at a different level. And to watch our sport progressing to the point, or I shouldn't say our sport, I kind of quit the sport, your sport, the sport of triathlon, (laughs) the beautiful sport of triathlon, to see it maturing and seeing deeper talent pools, seeing better preparation, seeing such elite execution, it's, the progress is amazing.
0: I I think about what's the, where's the limit? At at what point in time will we see a, a number that will no longer be I, no. And are those in any sport? And how influenced is, especially with triathlon, because it's more than I think most other sports, how much is it influenced by, number one, training, physiological, and with equipment? Yeah. And so those are the limits. So I, I'm excited to see our, see those next next boundaries going. So I think the, the, the takeaway from all this, Devin, is we suck at, at predicting most things. We um, will not be betting. No, we're not going to Vegas anytime nope. soon. But what we do need to do is we do need to go to the Nook for our end-of-year dinner. Um, which Are I, the listeners invited? No, listeners no, are, not, they are but not But I think maybe someday we should try and partner with the Nook to, to record at, at, during <laughs> our dinner. Live broadcast. Live broadcast for the Nook. We're shoving, <laughs> shoving onion rings in our face and dripping cheese off our head. Probably the worst podcast. Uh, would be. Almost as bad as when Jill and I did it on the airplane. Oh, boy, yeah. That was a good one. Um, so, you know, takeaways are uh, two-day format, good and bad um pros and
1: cons may or may not continue forward. may or may
0: not continue iron man did a good job yep. on everything except for the coffee boat yep shame um, on them um pro women america america usa usa usa, USA. Mm-hmm. Uh, great to see uh, once again women blazing the course gold medals iron man world championships and um and the men you know technology being being developed and put into play to, to win and also shout um, out norway shout out to norway yeah. just gotta go and just you know be pasty white and you know swim in fjords <laughs> to win so um that's our new plan we're gonna have to maybe do a training camp in norway i think so because we're just followers and we're not leaders exactly right um so Devin, once again i appreciate you being up here this is kind of an abbreviated episode because i wanted us to just uh to, to hash it out uh soda is uh fast asleep by your side here so um thank you for coming back My and pleasure. um next time bring coffee okay i just ask if you can bring a a, a, absolutely sure I offering. know I know it's a sensitive a, topic for an, you. O- an offering or something to the gift to, to the support so um, thanks everybody for listening that was uh, was it was fun being there it was fun watching the race hopefully you guys enjoyed the race and if you have any um, insights or takeaways we'd love to hear from you so yeah uh, um, just give us an email, give us a shout, tag us uh, on uh, on the socials, um, either my partner Devin or myself, Chris, uh, and we would uh, love to hear from you and love to answer uh, anything that was positive. All negative comments, please keep them to yourself because nobody yep. likes a hater. No one wants it. No one wants a hater. So uh, until next time, uh, we just ask that you guys be just a little better.